the storms of life they come and the road ahead gets steep it's all a little bit ironic when we when we think about it i mean when we imagine that that manger scene and everybody's all kind of tucked in there warm and cozy as a couple of sort of well-behaved sheep fluffy and white over in the corner and it has a kind of homey feel to it but when we really think about it carefully nobody nobody was home on that first christmas love came down and rescued me love came down and set me free i am yours i am forever yours this sunday after christmas always has a a little bit of a peculiar uh, in between time feel to it we know it's still christmas uh, at least in the church the culture seems to kind of put it behind us quickly and move on in fact today is not the first sunday after christmas on the church liturgical calendar it is instead the first sunday of christmas so we're in the midst of it we're still even in the second chapter of the gospel of Luke if you can believe that the same chapter that brought us out to the shepherds tending their flocks at night and the announcement of the angels the babe in the manger uh, all of that was in this second uh, chapter on Christmas Eve pastor Natalia and uh, myself focused on how the incarnation God in the flesh is so unexpected. The Lord comes not as a king or a warrior. Uh, he's not born to a family of wealth or influence, but quite the opposite of all those things. Uh, there is a fun video that a church in New Zealand did with uh, some of their Sunday school children kind of highlighting this unexpected nature of the incarnation. Thought it'd be fun for us to watch together. Let's have a look at that. The accents really help it, I think. Brilliant. They won't be expecting that. Uh, that's really the, the theme of the Christmas story, and it's been part of our focus. Really, as the story continues now, so do the surprises. Many in our families have scattered now back to their own homes. Uh, the sanctuary is not quite as packed with worshipers and candlelight and emotion. And all of a sudden, though we are still in the second chapter of Luke's gospel, Jesus is 12. Uh, the story skips forward and Luke tells us how Mary and Joseph lose track of Jesus uh, when he was 12 years old for about three days, if you can imagine, uh, after traveling back to Jerusalem for uh, the Passover celebrations. After the festival, Mary and Joseph head back home through that long, kind of arid, rocky, hilly landscape outside of uh, Jerusalem, uh, back through the Jordan Valley. But somehow, uh, in all of the commotion, Jesus stays behind in Jerusalem. This road would have been crowded with thousands of pilgrims 
uh, heading home after the holy day. They were on their way uh, to the Jordan Valley or Galilee or even further Syria or Persia even. Friends and family traveling, singing, you know, struggling to make their way through that difficult landscape. Uh, trying to keep their children and the elderly fed and, and healthy. Nothing easy about uh, this journey. And then all of a sudden comes the question, where's Jesus? Have you seen Jesus? Uh, and the, the journey becomes a, a, a mad search uh, to find uh, their son. You know, I know it was Jesus and everything, but he was a 12-year-old. I mean, I think back to some of you maybe have a 12-year-old at home, and you're like, yeah, I can see it. You know, maybe maybe when Jesus saw that his family were getting ready to pack up and, and head out, he, he hid away uh, somewhere, or he snuck out, darted away when he got a chance. Uh, I remember when I was about 12-ish, right around there, my cousin Trigg, uh, we were, we are just five days apart in age, and we kind of grew up like brothers. And uh, we lived in Bloomington; they lived uh, over here in uh, in New Hope. And when they would come to visit us in Bloomington, they had this really weird old—I think it was a Ford. It was kind of a campy camper van. Uh, it had like a little table in the back. Not, it wasn't big; it's was the size of a regular van, really. But it had a little camper table in the back, a little stove, a little maybe a little tiny fridge, and it had this wardrobe thing that zipped up from the top to the bottom. And I used to try to hide in there when they were leaving uh, and see if I could, you know, go back home from them, from, with them from Bloomington to New Hope. And I, Trigg's older brother, Todd, my cousin Todd, would always give me up. He'd start laughing, and give me up, and I'd have to get out. But one time... I made it all the way to New Hope, and it was a school night, and so I, you know, I'm stuck there. It's too late for anybody to drive me all the way back home. I think I think I went to school with Trigg the next day, um, back in those days. So maybe it was something like that. Jesus just, you know, messing around. Uh, maybe you've also noticed noticed that 12 is one of those special uh, Bible numbers, right? You have uh, the 12 sons of Jacob, the 12 tribes of Israel, 12 disciples. Remember the loaves and fishes, what were collected afterwards, 12 baskets of uh, leftovers. Um, Jesus was 12. And 12 is, I think we'd agree, uh, a kind of in-between time. And when they find Jesus, he's in the place of worship. He's asking questions and, and sharing insights, apparently, about the faith in God. As you and I transition out of the Christmas season and back into our, our daily lives, as we prepare to move out of one year, uh, now and uh, next time we gather for worship, it will be in another. Uh, we also are searching for Jesus. We also want to find Jesus. We want to find him in the midst of our everyday lives, transporting kids around, back to the office, back to work, caring for loved ones, uh, going to school. 
These in-between times can be filled with, with sadness at times. They can be filled with joy at others or anxiety or great hope, sometimes a mix of all of these things. Christmas is winding down. The new year is about to begin. And we need to find Jesus. We need to know that Jesus walks with us into the new year, into our everyday lives, no matter what the future holds. And this is the promise. It's the promise of the Incarnation. It's the promise of Christmas. People fly across the country or drive half the night uh, through snowstorms to be home for Christmas. Being home for Christmas is uh, it's a common theme in much of the loved Christmas music. It's all a little bit ironic when we when we think about it, I mean, when we imagine that that manger scene and everybody's all kind of tucked in there warm and cozy as a couple of sort of well-behaved sheep, fluffy and white over in the corner, and it has a kind of homey feel to it. But when we really think about it carefully, nobody, nobody was home on that first Christmas Mary and Joseph were forced to travel from their home. Their home was in Nazareth, where at least uh, Joseph had a reputation as a righteous man. But on that first Christmas, they were forced to travel and found themselves far from home in Bethlehem. And in fact, it will be some time before Mary and Joseph will be able to safely return home After Jesus is born, they'll need to travel the long road through Egypt and go home by a different way. But somehow, whenever we see that that nativity scene, uh, we we sort of emotionalize and it's reminiscent to us of a a homey scene. Uh, For many of us, Christmas functions like a kind of time machine taking us back to every other Christmas, or at least uh, the feeling of Christmases maybe when we were children. For me, Christmas brings to mind uh, one of my three sisters waking me up almost in the middle of the night to go and see what Santa had left behind at our house as children. Santa did not wrap anything, so there were just four random piles out in our little family room. And, uh, you know, we had to sort of decipher which pile was ours. And, you know, just so much joy. And uh, just really, when I think back on it, it's more about uh, just being together as a family than it ever was about, you know, any of the gifts we receive. Maybe except for that the one I got my Daisy BB gun. That one does still stand out to me. I tried to find a picture of it. I know there's one somewhere, uh, but I couldn't. Um, but Christmas-like life uh, continues to move forward. It's it doesn't stay frozen in time. Christmas is always on the move from the very beginning. It's been a wild mix of the worldly. And the heavenly, right, shepherds and angels of the spiritual and material of the Christian and the pagan. The Christmas story is about the Spirit of God entering deeply into our actual daily lives. Entering into this world that is sometimes sad and 
sometimes joyful. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. Imagine that. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Christmas is always on the move. It's an unexpected story about God choosing us, choosing to dwell with us wherever we go, even into this next year, 2019. And so uh, I will close with a reading uh, in Colossians from St. Paul that we didn't read at the beginning because I wanted to close with it as it sends us off into this new year, I think, with promise and just some plain old good advice. So St. Paul writes, As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if any has a complaint against another, forgive each other. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teach and admonish admonish one another in all wisdom, and with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is our call. This is our promise. The world is looking for the good news that we have been given, that we have been claimed by. And so we will go out there with it into this new year to let people know that God loves and chooses them as well. They won't be expecting that. Mountain, Iowa Valley.